Okay, I think I'm going to be teaching more this way, which I'm going to feel a little weird about. But it's going to be the best way to kind of handle a few things. Okay, first I would like to open up and just, God is so awesome. He is just wonderful. We just can't help but glorify his name, especially with all the testimonies that are happening in this place. We're really seeing the love of God be poured into people's lives. And just to let you know, I truly can't get this whole lesson out. I will not be able to get the whole thing out. And so, but it's something that I am going to continue to teach on while we're going through the next two months. And so just to give you an idea, this stuff started here. And this is all the notes. Hold on. That in worship and time, just on the topic of fire. Isn't that amazing? I can't, I, today the Lord really was putting it all together and I really can't even teach it all out. So I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible and then continue teaching on it and building on the different things because people don't understand. I didn't understand. So when I say people, I'm going to, I mean, I'm in that. I never understood what it meant that God's love was fire. I didn't understand the depths of that. And um, so about a couple months ago, uh, no, not a couple months ago, it was probably about six or seven weeks ago, I was, I was, you know, just meditating on something else. And then all of a sudden I started hearing the word strange fire, strange fire, strange fire. And um, I didn't really know what that was. Well, I found a story in the Bible about strange fire. You know, I mean, strange fire was called. And, um, and so I kind of read that, but then let it go. And that's how the Lord works with me. He dropped something in my heart. And then before you know it, that's all I'm seeing. That's all I'm, I'm focusing on. And, um, as this has grown, um, it was funny how miles came and he talked about what fire. I thought that was really awesome. And then after he left, it intensified more about this lesson. But the purpose of today is to let everybody know, how does it move? What is, what is the purpose? How do we handle the fire? What, how's it supposed to feel? What happens? What's the procedure? And there's a lot of thought in that because God, I loved it when we were worshiping, you heard Gene say, turn up the what? The Holy Spirit. Turn up the Holy Spirit. And so he wants us to understand, but this is the verse that it all got started from. Uh, the After Miles came, I got this verse. And um, if you could please put up Jeremiah 51, 15, and 16. And that's what... I'd like to start off with, and I'm, I'm going to ask everybody, I know normally I can go through this stuff really quickly, but I'm going to ask everybody to bear with me today, because that's how deep the lesson is, and I'm really just going to go with what the Lord wants to get out, because like it's, it's just impossible to do it all, unless you want to stay here for five hours. <laughs> so anyway, praise God. <laughs> so, but I could teach, I could, I could really Teach it. It's 15 and 16, please. 15 and 16. So I have a checklist. This is, this is the stuff I want to get accomplished out of all those pages. So if I can get through this, that's going to be good. All right. After Miles came, um, Zinni and Jean were going into um, uh, a conference. And, you know, we were really praying for the conference. And then this is the verse that the Lord gave me. Um, I think it was the day before or the morning of the conference. And I had sent it to Jean. I had sent it to Chris. Because the Lord said, this is what's happening. This is what the, there's a purpose to everything that we do in every place we go. 
And the Lord showed me this verse and it said, he made the earth by his power. He established the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings forth the wind from his treasuries. Now, the Lord, when I would pray about it and it came to me, you know, sometimes when you're first reading it, you know, you, you just have to kind of meditate on it. And the Lord showed me that he made the earth by his power. Him, the Father and the Son were already up in heaven, and they called the earth to be. They called the heavens to be. They called the underworld to be. <laughs> okay? They're in charge of it all. But he said he established his world by his wisdom. His wisdom is Jesus. When he kept his word and sent his son, he now established, he established wisdom on the earth when he sent his son. He is our wisdom. He helps us. And then when that part was completed, he stretched out the heavens above for his understanding now to fall on the earth. All right. This ministry is called to open up an other realm of understanding out into the body of Christ. But it's not going to be done the way it's been done all these years. You know, people have conferences, they have this. This ministry is to pastor pastors. This ministry is to get those leaders in place so that they can minister to the body and that the uh, the uh, the windows will open of understanding. We have Houses of Zion. We have marketplace ministry. You know what? It was awesome today when I was I was really in the word and just just doing my worship and the Lord kept showing to me everything I do is in the marketplace. We sow time in with him, prayer, worship, morning, night. We soak all that in. But he shows up in the marketplace. He shows up. Even I loved it. We talked about Gideon last time, right? He didn't talk to Gideon in his worship time. He came to him while he was threshing the wheat, hidden. Do you know what I mean? And he showed up. An angel showed up and started talking to him. Look at Paul. Paul was just doing whatever he was doing, walking on the road to Damascus. Boom. God says, I'm visiting you now. He wasn't worshiping. He wasn't. He thought he kind of knew God. Do you know what I mean? But he wasn't doing anything. He was, he was really just walking, going to whatever he thought his next assignment was. And so the power of God is outside of the doors. But we come here so we can grow and we can learn and we can understand the wisdom. We can appreciate the power of the almighty God and, and what they, what, what the creation, our creator has done because he wants us to share all the glory of his, of, of the moves, all the things that we, these testimonies were so awesome because they can't glorify man. They can only glorify God, only God knew the timing between Carrie and Debbie. That car was on time, but it was amazing how God had to work things above what we can understand or see. So he says, he tells us that once his wisdom came, boom, now he stretched open the heavens. So now every dispensation, another measure of understanding. And when that understanding hits, what opens up? the heavens. And when it's time, he utters his voice. And then there is a multitude of waters in the heaven. The moment God speaks, it's like, it's like taking waves and it just goes through everything. And when it says, 
he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth, the north, the south, the east, and the west. When it's time for something to move and change, you, the vapors lift up from the four corners. Vapors. We walk in a vapor. We're in a room right now with what? Vapor. He's already spoke. We received. Now we're just, we have, when we understand, man, uh, think about that. The power's already here. The wisdom already came. Now the more we understand, whew, you can, our body is mostly made up of what? Water. Woof, we can feel the vapors being released from the north, the south, the east, and the west. It says they ascend from those ends and they come to meet. He makes lightning for the rain and brings forth the wind from his treasuries. Man, when that understanding hits and you've experienced the vapor, now what happens? The wind comes. And the treasures that are within each and every one of us get unlocked. And when they unlock, then there is a power that God is going to move to open up another dispensation. And now's the time. It's for pulling together those who are in the fivefold ministry. You know, I loved it when Vaughn was here and he was kind of letting us know everybody's got a call. Are we connected to the call or are we more worried about our gifts? We've got to connect to the call before we can really, our gifts are going to work irrevocably. But do you know the call? Because if you know the call, then the gift. Carrie functions in the office of an evangelist. Carrie is not more powerful in here. You're powerful in here. You're more powerful out the door. Run in through Walmart. Run into McDonald's. Whatever you're doing, that's where God has called him out to the, the people. His compassion to see what a person needs, hear that word of knowledge, he goes for it. So it's beautiful. The more we grow and understand and, and hit this understanding, the winds of his treasury open up. He makes lightning for the rain. Now, let me tell you, I've had two experiences with God that when he asked me to do something and I did it, and I didn't really understand what I was doing, what I was doing, never have I really understood. This is what I love about God. When you seek the Lord and you really diligently seek him, and he asks you to do something. You don't always understand it. You're right. You ask for signs. Everybody does that kind of thing, right? But then after you do it, there are experiences that he places you in. Things Twice I heard lightning and rain fell on me and there wasn't a drop of rain in the sky. And one time I was in some, inside my room, my bedroom. I felt rain fall in my room after completing something that God wanted me to do for him. That was impossible. The things that he had asked me, they really are impossible. And you know what? Sometimes I get so excited about it, and I don't know really how to express it, but I feel myself ascending up into an open heaven. And then you experience, how many people want to experience that? That's the cool thing. That is, there is eternal rewards being built in heaven as we diligently seek him and do the assignment he has. So if we understand it, man, just getting a glimpse of understanding it should make everybody run out here tonight, stay up all night and read their Bible because he's going to show you something. He's going to open something. He's going to show you to do something. He's going to show you something about yourself. Everybody is in different stages. So today, you know, we have to walk by faith. And you know what? This, I found this a long time. I remember teaching this to Debbie. 
Because you know what, Lord does give me something, then I come in, you know, I meditate on myself. But I never knew who's going to, you know, one day, Debbie and I were talking about faith. Because Debbie, the Lord told Debbie came here to enter into a new level of faith with God. And she didn't know what it was. She just knew that he kept saying, well, the Lord had showed me, and everybody knows Hebrews 11, right? It tells all the heroes of faith. Well, I started writing down, and this is, I, that had, that's when you came here. What was it that they did? that caused the heavens to open up for them. And it was really cool. The first one is Cain and Abel. He bore a better offering. Isn't that awesome? So he did something that shifted the tables up in heaven because he bore a better offering than his brother. You know what I mean? The second one was pleasing to God, trusting him. Man, when we go through experience where we got to trust him more than we trust anybody else, boom, the tables turn in heaven. That's faith. Another one was building a box for salvation. I wrote this a long time ago. I can't miss that one. <laughs> well, I shouldn't go into this list. I can't read it. <laughs> uh, something for his household. Um, and then it said number four, when he was called to a new land. That's what Debbie hit because Debbie was being called to a new land. And then one was considering the promise, being able to conceive it. That's just some of my notes. I didn't finish it. But, and that's not really what I want to go, but I want to make the point that faith, it is impossible to do anything. We walk by faith. Okay. So that's very important. So I have to do some draw, drawings. Yes. Yes. It's the fire. I'm burning up. Okay. So. When I was meditating this, I saw a vision of progression because we walk by faith. Can you please put up the vision or the picture of the matches? Can everybody see that? I love you. Three matches, not lit, but behind there's a fire. Okay. We have this chart right here, the journey of faith. And... Got to find one that works. Okay, I'm going to try my best to do this. Okay, there's a chart. I think they're getting it. I, need, I do need it for this. And um, let me go to the page on here. All right. We live on earth. This is the first heaven. Then there's a level called the second heaven. And there's a chart they're working at getting. And then there is the third heaven. In this heaven, this is where we live on earth. This is where we stand on earth. And as we're growing, we have to be saved. Our spirit is saved. If we can bring it right here over the awareness of grace, it would be great. Because it will go with that. Yeah, that's good. It'll work. All right. Praise the Lord. I know. Whew. It's good. It, it, can everybody see it? Okay. 
This is, he's going for excellence. All right. On the first level, this is us before we are saved. We are living on the earth and we are living life on earth, the first heaven. All right. We think we're happy. We, you know, everything's good going along. But then something in our heart, we have a void in our heart. So then Jesus, somebody comes and ministers to us. We're broken. And then Jesus enters in. All right. And we accept him in our heart and we confess him with our mouth, right? That Jesus, we accept and and it's in a broken state that he enters in. So in the first, we actually get saved here and our spirit, which I'm just going to put a round thing like that, now gets reconciled back to the father God up here. All right. As this person is growing, now he has a revelation that he's adopted back up to heaven. He is a part of a family. But he doesn't know how to live in that family. He doesn't know what to do with that family. He doesn't even know that there's a second heaven Satan is in charge of. All right. He is a person that lives by their soul, not by their spirit. And they're in bondage to a bunch of lies. He doesn't know the truth. He now has accepted Christ in his heart. Now he wants to grow up and he wants to what? Know the truth. So because Christ enters in his heart, he starts seeking. You know what I mean? He starts seeking. So he starts growing, and then he starts realizing, wow, there's a second heaven where Satan dwells, all right? Now, remember, in our charts right here, we have the spirit, and then we have the soul, all right? Everybody needs to keep in mind that in your head is this, okay? In your mind is this little CD disc that comes in, that comes out, right? And we have an intellect, we have a will and choice, we have emotions, and we have affections, All right. This is the producer of everything that you think of everything that's in your mind. It is going to be produced through these four courts. All right. But the truth of everything is in your spirit. Okay. I didn't have a small one of them, but we have our spirit and we have our soul. This is the truth. This is the guarantee of everything that you need in your whole life. Once you accept Christ in your heart, boom, an injection of your plan just got just got enlightened in the center of you in the center of you. But now your soul doesn't understand it. It doesn't understand it. Well, as you start feeding your spirit by communing, by worshiping, reading the word, you start growing up in Christ. You start getting up to this next level. And when you hit that level, your soul is now, let me tell you, getting attacked by who? Satan in the second heaven, because our worship has got to push us up to the third heaven where heaven, where the father dwells. And that's where we find that is the treasury. That is where it opens wide and things have to what they come down to us. The awareness of God, the understanding we actually start with. We spend time with him. There becomes an open flow. If you look at the worship chart, we start off here. And we've got to break through and the Holy Spirit has to help us. We're not used to being up in the third heaven when we start. I didn't understand what that meant to even worship God. I thought it was great to read. That was good. And then I started getting a thirst for worship. I had eight songs on my, on my iPod and I would listen to those eight songs. And, and then all of a sudden I felt things happening. I felt, I really did. I felt things. I started hearing things. 
singing and stuff like that. I fell off my bed the first time. And I couldn't get myself back up. Why? Because I already had never worked at ascending and descending. Ascending and descending. When we worship God and we seek him every morning, we can get into a place where he feeds us for the day. And then you come down and now you walk out your what? You walk out your day in trusting him. So put up this verse. Let me have this. this Okay. So in the first, we are in the world. We only see as the world and we received Christ. So our spirit is pure, but our soul doesn't know how to receive what this wants to give it. As we start growing up, and we get into the second heaven, we can worship and hit the second heaven before you hurt. You're going to hit the second heaven before you hit the third heaven. I couldn't believe it. The first time I got through, it was so tight. I felt everything hitting my mind. I started thinking of everything that wasn't God. I was starting to think of everything crazy. And then it felt tight. I physically felt like I was being squeezed to a, through a very narrow place. And then I broke through, but I had to keep going So my mind wouldn't be of my mind. My spirit was dominating it. Something else. There is, there is a generate, it generates, it generates, it generates. The more you sing, the more you seek, diligently seek him. He's got to gain ground. We've had people say in here, yeah, I worshiped up a couple days and I gave up on it. And I'm like, okay, try it for 30 (laughs) because you've got to break through in 30 days. He's going to show up and show you something. So. The second phase, now we are actually, our spirit is the spirit of truth. It has all the truth. But now we've got to be able to receive that truth. And in that, we have to be able to receive it. Put up 2 Timothy chapter 1, 9 and 10. We have to be able to see now the lie. Now that we're in the second heaven, as we're trying to break up to the third, we have to be able to see what is really around us that's not truth. Okay. I love when Debbie gave her testimony. She never knew the truth of the, of pride or what was it? Was it the word pride? She didn't know that truth. You know what? She had awesome people around her that never belittled her for that. It was one day it came out of her sister's spirit. So why? It was time for her to be what? Delivered in pride. All right. But now Debbie had to break through. She had to break through to another level. It says, for it is he who delivered and saved us. He called us with a calling in itself holy and leading to holiness, to a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. If you can actually not do the um, amplified would be great because there's so much words to say tonight (laughs) that I would like to keep it. Thank you. He who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ. Jesus before time began. So before time began, everybody in here already had a calling for a time. When you accept Christ in your heart, now you've got to grow up in that calling. And now your eyes are open to what's in the second heaven and what's in the third heaven. Your eyes now can be, we want to switch out our eyes of the world and put on eyes of the spirit. We want to grow up in that. We want to be able to identify the lie. All right, when you get into, so it says, but as, ne- blah, 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 blah. but as now been revealed by the appearance of our Savior, Jesus Christ, before you received Christ, you couldn't see. You know, it's amazing when people are blocked, they can't see what their next step is. Carrie told me once he had a vision where he was worshiping, he was worshiping, he felt himself go up, but then he felt a cover over his head. 
because he couldn't what? See. But God was saying, you're going to go there, but just not yet. You're not going to see yet. God wants to give us hope that he wants to reveal the appearance of him through us in this world. He wants us to see Christ in another in this world who has abolished death and brought life and immorality to light through the gospel. So praise God, Jesus came so we, when we received him in our heart, our eyes could open up to what our plan is. How many people here feel tossed to and fro? You can be saved, not seeking God, not understanding that you're supposed to grow up to maturity, and you're just being tossed what? To and fro. But when you start seeking him, this is where people get frustrated. They get stuck in the second heaven. And they think they're seeing God, experiencing God, and they're really getting attacked because they don't know that their soul has to be now renewed and changed. And so this is a stage. This I call this the second level on this, where we are working out our salvation, trying to go to glory to glory, and feeling like we're totally failing because our spirit is good, but our the soul of this man is not renewed yet. He's in the battlefield. This becomes the battlefield. There's a lot of people in that right now because God is trying to get you to get up to experience the third heaven. And some of you have already broken through an experience. We constantly have to grow elevation to another elevation to another elevation. And so the third is now the third person is this is a person who has broken through. If you notice, look how thick their worship column is. And they are living, now their soul is living out of the third heaven and now looks down upon the earth. Isn't it amazing when we can ascend up to a level and then we can look down on the whole situation? No, I'm serious. I have experienced that. I, I feel lifted up when I have a problem and I feel like, and then when I look down, he shows me the pieces, then I come back down. When I did the condemnation lesson, the Lord showed me, you are being condemned. And he took me, held me in the second heaven and showed me the attacks. I went like this. And so I was like, all right, okay. So don't let it what? Get to me. Be open to it. Because he's doing it to push me up into a what? Another elevation. There is nobody that can hit. This is awesome. Nobody can hit the third heaven until they go down. Go to, Carl, Ephesians chapter 4. I think it's, um, oh, 7 and 8. Ephesians chapter 4, 7 and 8. God wants to open up the heavens of our understanding so we can look down upon the situation so we can do the assignment we're called to do so we can hear his voice. When you, if you, when we're spending time with the Lord and we're up here, you have to still pass the second heaven. And guess what? And when you descend, you're going to what? Go back through the second heaven. <laughs> okay. It can either be really quick or it can be really what? Slow. Okay, now I'm going to tell you something. I do remember, that's when I met Robin. Robin's not here anymore. Robin's in the back. Robin. It was awesome. I, the Lord showed me. I, I went through all the, I saw all the levels about Robin. And then when we descended back, she fell in a stretcher in this room. And Jean was like this. Everybody stay away from her. Because she got put into the operating room when she landed in here. But that was in September. I never met her till January. See, God will show you things before they happen. I didn't try to figure out what I saw. I just remembered all the free freeze frames. And then, but when it was my turn to be used, I just had to go along with it without my understanding. 
There's so many things that I have done without understanding. But you know how badly you want to understand? But he doesn't give it to you all the time to understand. But if you haven't said it, you can be secure to know that there is grace when you press up into this heaven because he's going to show you things. He doesn't want you to overreact. He doesn't want you to be an alarmist. There is a purpose for us pressing through into another measure because we're, we grow in the fire of love. There's a fire that descends down, but first there's got to be a fire that burns within. And the first fire that burns within is when you receive the Holy Spirit that is in you. The word says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Okay, so God has picked everybody in here to do something. Everybody has a different measure. I can't read your measure card. I don't look at your face and see your measure. I look into your face and see your heart. What is the heart of what you want to accomplish? What is the heart of what you want to do? I loved it when Vaughn was here. They said to Debbie, she has a sweet heart. Tierra, they said, what a sweet heart. Do you know what I'm saying? What God, God can work anything that he has for us as long as we have a moldable, a moldable, teachable heart. All right. Pliable. That's a good, better word. Thank you. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. So Jesus was our wisdom. He showed us he had to keep a relationship with the father. So he, and he had to ascend up with his father, but first he had to what? Come down to earth. He had to live here on earth and seek his daddy every day. And he got his assignment every day. And then he had to come back down and do what? Do it. He had to do the job. So I put this to start because everybody needs to know that if you press in in worship and word and your prayer and your time, he is trying to have you set an altar with him. He wants to set an altar, which I need an eraser. Can you, it's in, yeah, get me an eraser. That'd be great. There is a place that when you reach up here, he turns the tables. It says in the word, I turn the tables. When Jesus made it back up into heaven with the father, when he, when he died, was crucified, buried, right? And then resurrected back up to the fathers. It says, now the tables turned. Now everything became under his feet. When he came and brought the Holy Spirit into us, when he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, guess what? Guess who my brother is? Jesus. And he beat up all the bullies. Do you know what I'm saying? He turned the table. If we can have that thinking, if we can have that thinking that when I get up there, now I may not be able to, I may not be able to hang out there the whole time. But we can get to a place where you're ascending and descending and descending. We have, we have made such a place in this ministry because the Father's presence comes down. His presence comes down. You know, there is nothing without the presence of the God. The presence has to go before us on everything that this ministry does. Any place that you're growing, the presence already has to go before. When people came in this ministry, I'm using me as an example, if somebody already hadn't broken the flow, then how was I able to jump in and swim? Do you know what I mean? I wasn't going to be able because I wouldn't have understood. And if my, I, I heard the statement, you cannot go as far as where your leader is. Well, you're right. Because if you, you, if that's your, if that's where you're growing, God already has a place assigned for each and every person where the leader has gone further, has fur- further. So we could understand those depths. So isn't that awesome? 
Okay. I'm going to leave the father there. Okay, I'm not sure I'm like this little board thing. I want to be aggressive with it and I'll break. Okay. All right. This is the Lord had revealed to me about the altar of incense. Okay. In the in the in the holy days. One, two, three, four, five. That's the veil. And in the secret place, there was an altar of incense. On one side was the menorah, the seven lights. I've taught this already, so people kind of... And then on the other side was the showbread. All right? And then this was the outer court. Back in the Old Testament, a priest was assigned to collect and go into the secret place daily. He was to take care of the menorah, take care of the bread, and he was to come up and he was to pray to God for the people. There were priests that were already assigned to do that. And then once a year during a special time, the high priest was chosen to take all the sacrifices into the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God, maybe this is going to be harder than I think, writing the words out, the Holy of Holies where the presence of the Father dwelled with the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, does everybody remember that teaching? Okay, well, this is what was really cool. When the Lord was started talking to me about incense, and he incense is our worship. Incense is our prayers. Incense, when we come up, our voice has an aroma of sound of confession. Our adorations towards Christ. When we come up and we come to this altar, we are actually, through our mouth, we are working a relationship with God. Because Jesus came to reconcile us back to the Father. So as we worship and praise him, the heavens are opening us for us to connect to the third heaven so we can receive what the Lord wants to teach us for the day. All right. But back then they used to have a priest that did it. Okay. And the priest actually had to prepare this table, this altar of incense. But when he did it, he had to actually, the priests, I know this is is cute. We're going to do a little demonstration here. Okay, it said the priest would come to the altar and they would bring a pan, okay? And so I just bought a frying pan. And in the pan would be coals and the incense. But they had strict rules. The fire could not be taken out from anywhere but the secret place. It couldn't have been taken anywhere else, all right? So when I looked at, when I was really studying this, the bottom of the pan is like our soul, okay? So I want everybody to think about a frying pan being on your head. All right? And with that, when they brought the coals, I want you to think of each coal. And this is really kind of cool. There's so much depth to this. Like I said, I can't teach it all. But each coal, think of it as a thought. Okay? So now I'm going to fill this pan with thoughts. Coals. Now, some of these thoughts are not God's thoughts. And some of these thoughts are God's thoughts. Because as we're seeking God, he's changing us day by day by day. All right, so I'm going to put a couple in here. All right. So now, the priest would come and they would put this on the altar. And they would burn incense. So they would smell incense. So this is the physical form. And when they did that, the coals, you know what coals do when they burn? They settle, and they keep what? 
burning. You can keep them going. You can keep them going. You can keep them smoldering, okay? When coals are going, what do you see? Smoke. Smoke comes out. All right, so bear with me on this. Okay, this is going to be good. Okay, so now I want to visualize everybody like this. This is your soul. You get that? This is us figuring God out. Okay, because that's how we feel. That is like so true. All right, I have to go to my chart. Yep. All right. This is really important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We need to recognize that our soul is our altar to God. God wants us to lift up all everything, all our cares, our concerns, everything that our soul cannot understand. All right? And when we are a priest... Jesus already came. He already he already shed his blood. Because, you know, in the altar in the Old Testament, they had to sprinkle blood around that altar of incense when they did that. And, you know, there are good priests and there are bad priests. This is what the cool thing was. The Lord was showing me about strange fire and the real fire of God. Because with, uh, with us, our priest, our high priest is who? Jesus is our high priest. He came. It's in Hebrews chapter 10. I, I can't go through all the verses, but they're awesome. It says he became our high priest. He became our interest back to God. All right? So we don't have to have a priest go pray for us. How many people have done that? Hey, can you pray for me? You have more power with God. You have the same power. Okay? This is. I want everybody to get a grip on this. Everybody in here has the Holy Spirit in them, has just as much connection with God as I do. Or is Gene, or is any of these leaders? Our job is to get everybody to know how to dial up, how to get into that connection. But now, so we have our spirit that's already burning. And see, I wish I had some colors. So I'll use blue for this one. But think of it like our heart. Our spirits are already reconciled back to God. If we're saved and we're born again, we are working out our salvation. God just wants our heart to keep expanding for him. And to keep expanding. Now, the more we worship and the more we read, then we have little fire flickers that start growing out of our spirit. We know it. Gene was saying when we were worshiping, he wanted to stir the what? The fire in us. As we worship, a fire stirs up. Come on. You feel it. You feel it. Take your head. You pass out. I pass out in my bed. I love it. I don't even have to get up and jump up and down. I can just worship. I feel it rise. I fall back down. You know what I mean? And then, boom, I hear something. I see something. It's really cool. I experienced more in my home than I did here at first. But it was in here that I learned how to do it there. People should not just come here to worship. They have to also do it at home. The priest had to go before the altar of incense every morning and every night. And it was a constant rotation every morning and every night. Come on, when you lay down in bed. I mean, now I think back, how did I ever lay back in bed and not pray to God? 
Do you know what I mean? And not tell him all my thoughts for the day or my, whatever I'm going through. Or I can't even leave here and not even go to bed until I jump in and like review verses. And you know what I mean? That is the hunger of God. God wants our spirit so stirred that we just want to seek him all the time. We want, he wants our thoughts to be a continual rotation of him. All right. So that's the spirit. So now there's, think about this. The more we go, the more what increases? The flames. Because our love for God and our spirit is expanding. Our communion is expanding. Our discernment to see is expanding. Okay. Praise the Lord. But now here's, here's kind of the interesting thing. We have to know how to hear. Okay. Because the hearing affects the pan of our soul. Let me put this. There's the handle. And this is where Jesus sits. Jesus is the sanctifier of our soul. Now, I made that handle because I had a vision, and I saw a handle, and the handle had five circles. Jesus, he has come, he is our sanctifier. He has come to sanctify our soul through the word of God. He was already the wisdom that brought was brought on the earth. So we are to study who? Jesus. We're to seek him because he's going to start sanctifying our soul. And as we start seeking Jesus, we have all these coals here, right? All right. As the fire flames increase, what starts burning? Right. But some of these coals are not thoughts from God. Some of these coals are the wrong thoughts. Do you know the priest in the Old Testament, when they used the wrong fire, God was not happy and he consumed them. When the bad priest would put in the wrong coals, like the wrong thoughts, they would be consumed. So I want you to think about this. On your soul is like a frying pan of thoughts that God wants to start changing and renewing your mind. All right? But they can't. You have to, If I'm going to put this on an oven, what do I got to do? Like the pilot. If you have gas, you have to, you have to turn on the what? The stovetop. Right? So the fire, the first fire we receive is what? The Holy Spirit. That fire, there has to be a fire burning in you. But you, but people in the body of Christ, they, not everybody understands this has to be renewed. People already think they've already got it because the fire of the Holy Spirit is so stirred. They have gifts working, but they haven't done anything with the what? The soul or the coals in the pan. Now I think it's really interesting that in the Old Testament, they actually had a pan of coals so that, so that the incense could be stirred in the environment. All right. So Exodus 37, 8. Exodus 37, 8 says, but to each one, oh, wrong one. 30, Exodus 30, 7 through 8. All right. Aaron was a priest. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. And when he tends to the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it. A perpetual incense before the Lord throughout generations. The more we seek God in worship and communion and prayer and worship and our confessions, a fire increases and starts to stir the coals in the fire, which then starts to rise up a smoke. 
When the smoke rises, it's either going to be an incense or it's going to smell like a burning. All right? When the word, when you hear the word, the first time when you hear the word, the word comes in your ear. And then it should hit your spirit. And then it has to rise up. But it can't go anywhere past the soul to the third heaven until there is a sacrifice which is a change. It's an exchange. So here, when you hear the word, it bears witness with you because you're really seeking God, but then it gets stuck right here. And something's making it where you can't push through. How many people have felt that? Right. You can't push it because the pan is full of coals that are thoughts that are not God. Now, this is what the Lord showed me. What holds us back? Unforgiveness. Shame and rejection. We had studied in Gideon about how the Lord had built up his confidence in becoming a mighty mighty man of valor. And he told him to go in with a shofar. He told him to go in with a torch. And he told him to go in with a pitcher that covered the torch. He said, but when the pitchers crashed, then the flame would increase. Now, if this is our Holy Spirit and we're seeking God, Think of it as like this light. See, the light is burning, right? But yet you can't get past your soul because something's holding it back. So when you take this, it calls it in Jeremiah, it's a pitcher of glass, a glass jar. And once it starts to descend down because the enemy in the second heaven brings rejection, shame, unforgiveness because it wants to do what with the light? Take it out. If this is the Holy Spirit, this is the spot that's snuffing out. It is, is another word they say about the Spirit. It grieves the Spirit. Okay? Which is what? Non-trusting, fears, manipulation, sex for approval, man-pleaser, materialism, deception. All these coals are in this pan. Self-centeredness, money, masking. Rebellion, pride, controlling, cursing. You got it? And the moment you start pressing in, a glass starts coming down if you have any of these. And it comes to repress what God is trying to do. And some of us just let it hover. We don't seek him. We don't ask why. Debbie was a great testimony. Debbie. Pride, right? Unforgiveness. All right? Here, Debbie's, all these years, Debbie said to me when she came over to this ministry, and the, I mean, and the business next door, she said to me, I'm going to get it right this time. I'm going to get it right. I am, uh, and she, this is a woman who worshiped, prayed, full of the Spirit, but she can't break through. She can't break through. She actually was hovering in the second heaven because she, if you hit the third heaven, God's going to reveal what you need. Do you know what I mean? But something was holding her back. And this is exactly how it's described. See how it dims it? First, it increases it. Watch how it increases. I don't know if you can see it. But then when you get down, it snuffs it out. And then people give up on God. They get stuck in the second heaven because they don't know how to work out their salvation in unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. We would say to Debbie, you're going to get it right. 
You're going to get it right. She's like, I'm not staying in poverty. That's right. God did not call her. She even knew the verses. So here was a person who had all the answers on paper, but she couldn't do what? Breakthrough. All the love she received in here, all of a sudden, she started breaking through. She started recognizing, I think there's something going on. What? If, everybody has something going on. I mean, Debbie, I am not picking you out. I am telling you that right now. We all have something going on. And if you look at it, God can't get rid of all of it at once. But he wants us to be recognized. What is coming down and trying to repress your spirit? What held you back from passing the car, right? What held you back from passing a test? What holds you back from loving another person? It's either going to be unforgiveness, shame, or rejection. Because why? You didn't get touched by the fire of God. You got the fire of God in you, but the fire hasn't been able to hit that third heaven that it needs to hit. Man, there's an experience when this fire touches that fire and heaven on earth comes down. And then it consumes the sacrifice. That's the missing link. What are you taking into your ear gates? A person here, I like it. I call it the heartbeat. That's why I wish I had red, right? The red doesn't work very well. You come in, I like this, the right ear. The left ear, you know, God said, I'm going to divide the sheeps from the goats. The sheeps here from the right and the goats here from the left. He's going to divide it. We hear on two ends. The first thing we hear, we need to hear the word of God. What does the word do? It separates. It pierces the division between the spirit and the soul. So that our spirit, if it knows it, now it's got to push up. We've got to push in and diligently seek him. So when that word comes in and it pierces that coal, boom, the coal goes. It says in Psalms 104, it says, when, when the word touches the hill, it will go up in smoke. So what happens to a, what happens to a coal? Sometimes it smothers in what? How many people are trying to get a, a fire going on? I wish Chris was here because Chris would get this. He left his gas and he left his coal grill. To get, it's hard to start a fire. Come on. I can take wood for my thing, pile it up, and I can keep throwing in paper towels, newspapers, and I'm still not, I can't get it lit. But once it's lit, man, it's easy to put another log on. And you have all the ashes just continually burning. That's how God wants us to be when we come to the altar of incense. He wants us to come to an altar with our soul. Man, we think it's our spirit. Our soul's got to surrender itself to the things of God. And then we've got to be able to hear. Who we, are we hearing from the goats here, the stubborn ear? Are we going to hear from the sheep's ear? Because if you're a sheep, a sheep hears his what? Voice. But if you're stubborn, stiff-necked, hard, you're not hearing. And then we get what? Held back. But grace is always there. But we get held back in the motion. Now, this is what the Lord showed me. It was awesome. When the priest came and they put this on top of the altar of incense and they had this, they didn't have a handle. They just had pans and pots. But when they did it, they put it on there. And if it wasn't done in the right order, if it wasn't done in the right order, that wasn't good for them. I mean, really, some of them dropped dead in the secret place because they weren't doing it the way God had told them to do it. Now, see, we, we have to just, we just come to him with our soul. We're supposed to lay our soul there on the altar, cry out to him, call to him. But there was also a time, I think it's 2 Samuel. I think this is interesting. 2 Samuel, I think it's 12, 13, and 14. 12, 13, and 14. I know this is deep, 
I could get into this a lot deeper. But I am going to hit the, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it too long. Second Samuel said, so David, oh no, that's not it. Lord had put away your son. No, I think it's two. It is. No, this isn't it. All right, don't worry about it. But it talks about how the priests in there, how when they, they did bring the wrong things, how it consumed them because they didn't do it in the right order. Then it said in Samuel how when they actually there were priests that everybody respected and then they would actually bring things to the altar and they would let them start to consume. And when the best came out of the offering, they would take it. And in our day, think about how many times you've been in a church of leadership where you have gotten your gifts exercised and then they just kept using your gifts but then didn't help you renew your soul. And it is awesome. It is broken down in Samuel chapter 2 really well where it breaks down how the priest actually took your gift and prostituted it. And those sons were all killed. I think they were Eli's sons. And they were all killed. And it was interesting how because they were they were working your coals and they were working your coals but they weren't trying to renew your mind they were trying to change they were trying to work your gift work your fire and then steal the fire so you didn't get the consuming fire of God to hit you so now i want you to visualize this when we know that jesus is our sanctifier all right and he is here to say he is the handle to our pan and when it's time for him to change a thought the thoughts that are him are going to keep burning with incense. The thoughts that are not are going to turn into ash. They're going to turn into ash. They're going to dissipate. But then as we are pressing in and seeking him, God is going to give you an instruction. Carrie's instruction was to do what? As Carrie is seeking God, his flames are increased. He's like, I am, I just feel it. I get excited. Do you see how excited Carrie gets? The flames were going, the flames were going, the flames were going, but something was stopping. What could that be? It could have been anger. It could have been bitterness. It could have been rebellion. Something would stop him. But Carrie heard. Carrie could hear an instruction. Go do this. Shaving your mustache. Shaving. How many people have heard an instruction and didn't really think it was them? Like Jean said, you're stuck in the second heaven, right? You hear that instruction. But now when you do it, here's the best part. Carrie knew to give the car away. So when the right day came, Carrie actually put that burnt offering. It's called the burnt offering in the Bible. A burnt offering is something that's already charred up. It's already like a charcoal. And you put it before God. And when you put it before God, if God is pleased, he brings down his fire and consumes the offering. And the fire of the spirit meets the fire of God. Go ahead and put up, it, it's the wrong one. All right. All right. Go ahead and just put, go ahead and give me Second Chronicles 7, 1 through 3. The Father is always waiting to give us the good and perfect gift. He sits in the third heaven, waiting to consume the sacrifice within the measure of his love 
in level with the measure of your grace. He wants to meet your desire to be changed so that he can prepare you to do the work that you're called to do. Everybody in here has to be obedient to the word of God, but there is sacrifice. It says, it says obedience is what? Better than sacrifice. When we let one of these things hold back the flame from within, when we let a spot hold the flame from within, then God cannot pour and he cannot come and connect and kill that one coal, which could be masking, could be pride. That one coal, he can't touch down because he's asked you to do something. And I loved it. He was working her by what? Not having her the ability to drive a car because the opposite of pride is going to be what? Something's going to fall. Something has to humble you. It has to bring you into a place so that she actually had to be able to receive the gift that Carrie gave to her. But it says right here, when Solomon had finished praying, now this is interesting. This is all through, this, this is all through the word. I'm just going to give you three examples. Anytime somebody completed something God asked them to do, and then they prayed to God, this is what happened. Solomon was told to build the temple. When he built the temple, when he had finished, he gathered everybody for a dedication. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the what? Burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good. Man, what happens in here? Okay. Now I think for his mercy endures forever. Please go back. Solomon was born to do what? To build that temple. When he accomplished it, he invited God in the whole way. When it was done, now he dedicated it. And then God brought his fire down from heaven for his approval. And it met the works, the burnt offerings that they laid out. Do you know Cain and Abel? A burnt offering means your best. You have to bring your best. When God asked you, Chris received an awesome, when he gave up his, his, his favorite grill, it wasn't the best grill. It was Chris's favorite grill. The moment he did that, he experienced something, and then he got blessed by Sheila with what? The grill he really wanted. Every People in here experience this all the time. Go to... Huh? Yeah, the glory grill. That's right. Go to Leviticus 9, 23, 24. If everybody is willing to let their coals be exposed and let Jesus sanctify your thoughts from unforgiveness, shame, and rejection, there is going to be a smoke that rises. Sometimes when I talk to people, I could say a word and it pierces them. I see smoke come off their head. And when I read this, I was like, great, a coal just got burnt. You know what I mean? Something got lit, right? For God. It says, and Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meetings. They came out and they blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and the fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the what? The burnt offerings and the fat on the altar, the extra. When all the people saw it, they did what? Shouted. And then they what? Fell down. 
Okay, what I'm trying to tell you, when we press in in our worship and we recognize we have a soul that needs to be renewed, when God shows us that coal that is not a thought of God, what do you have to do? Keep pressing in because he's going to tell you something. You're going to do it. And then all of a sudden what happens? The fire rises in you. The fire comes down from heaven. And you could, you do what? You shout unto God. You praise the Lord. What happened to Carrie when Miles came? See, when Carrie gave the car, he felt the stirring, but he didn't get hit by the fire. He did the assignment. He wasn't burning up that day. You were excited, right? He came in here. He felt it all him and Debbie. They prayed. They worshiped. It was done, right? Miles comes in. Somebody called to the body to help the fire of God come down to the earth. And boy, Carrie couldn't understand everything. Miles said everything. And then what happened? The fire fell. Crisped him up. He was like a little crispy critter, right? That's the way we're supposed to, that's the way we're supposed to feel. We're supposed to really feel when the God pours down upon us when we've done it. Now, come on. Everybody in here has something God's asking you to do that is stretching your rubber band. And why is it stretching your rubber band? Because you got some coals that are not your thoughts. They're actually God's thoughts. I mean, they're, no, they're, they're not God's thoughts, right? Okay, this is, there's so much flowing through my head that I am trying to condense this in a way so that everybody knows that the fire comes from the presence of God. We are so blessed to be in a ministry that has the what? Presence. Think about the whole church that's got to come in here that's got the Holy Spirit. Right? Filled with the Spirit, not getting anywhere. Because their, their pan has got some cold coals. They're not doing anything. Because they don't know they have to. It's not their fault. They don't know God wants to process them. That's why they keep going through the one. It's different elevations. You come in here, you experience one elevation. Just like the faith. If we were to go through all the heroes of faith, just think what elevation are you at? Which one of those things is God asking me to do right now? Is he asking me to go into another land? Is he asking me to trust and conceive a thought? What is he asking us to do to burn up the sacrifice? Remember, a burnt offering means the best. Look at Cain and Abel. And I, when I first read that story, I could never get it. So what did, what did Cain do so wrong? I didn't really get it. He gave to God. You know what I mean? I didn't understand that. It took me. I remember when I first got the light bulb went on. I was like, oh, Cain didn't give his best. He just did it because he had to. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He did it because, pardon me. Right. He didn't give his best. Right. Your first should be your best. If somebody asks something over you, shouldn't you be giving your best? You know what I mean? Somebody comes over and needs a shirt. Oh, I'm going to give him my old shirt. Why don't you give him your best shirt? Right. So that, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to put that in perspective. I didn't get that. And it was during the burnt offerings. You know that when the temple, it was a burnt offering. When Abraham had to take Isaac up to the altar, it was what? A burnt offering. Everything major was during the time of the burnt offering. Jesus became, Jesus became our burnt offering. We can enter in. We don't have to now go put a burnt offering, but we have to connect with Jesus to get to the Father because he's still in this dispensation. It's not about a physical burnt offering. It's about our soul being renewed. And it's about a thought. Taking that thought captive, offering it up to him. He tells you something to do to, to redeem. And then when that cult changes into his thought, it's always going to what? Burn for God. It's always going to be burning. And then guess what happens? Now you've opened up a flow of going up and down, up and down. It says you have to descend. He's the one who did it so that you could 
ascend. And every time we grow up in him, we're growing up a new level. Go ahead and put, go ahead and put Judges 621. I love Gideon because Gideon had it all down. The whole process was in him. Gideon actually received the call and the angel came to visit him in the marketplace. And then the second thing they asked Gideon to do was to change out his altar, his way of thinking. He was actually, he was actually submitting to the wrong God. The first thing God asked us to do is, if you know that thought is wrong, then now switch gods. Switch what you're thinking and go to the thinking that is the, what he says. If you're angry, don't yell at people. A soft answer turns away wrath. He gives us instruction to do. If you start doing it out of love, you're sacrificing because you really want to tell someone off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You really want to land it into that person. Arr! You know what I mean? But then God tests your angers at different levels. So I just want you to think about how God wants to improve us. He tells us to come to the altar of incense. Bring me your voice. Bring me your concern. Bring me everything. And then come into agreement with what he's working on with you. When you hit that agreement, he asks you to do something. And then, boom, it consumes. Doesn't it feel good when he comes down and consumes you? Come on. I loved it. You know what Tori told me? And she said I could tell this. Tori said when she came up here and started worshiping, she always knew she had a problem not being able to speak about God and Jesus. She felt uncomfortable. Everybody remember that first time? Somebody's talking to you and you know you kind of know the answer, but you don't really know how to tell them. Do you know what I'm saying? Why? Because the little pilot's just lit, but it's not flaming yet. It's not flaming. God's love. We are supposed to be ministers of fire. We're supposed, wherever we step in a place, we're supposed to bring the fire, something that touches. Somebody hears it. And they receive it in their spirit, and then they go, ooh, what was that? Sometimes you leave angry. How many people have left here angry? <laughs> yes, frustrated. I don't understand. How many people did that? I can imagine every time Jean talked to me, poof, 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 poof. All my little hills were being touched. <laughs> Everything that I created out of unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. And the whole time, while I'm trying to look in his eyes and get it, this was coming down on me, right? Because whatever I had in here was so weak, you just go, and it was out. I didn't have to worry about this. But it says in Gideon, it says, when he tell them to crack the pots, drop them, and let them crash. That means they broke apart, and the light went what? Stronger. The moment we come into agreement with what the spot is, we identify it. We know where God is trying to take us with it. Debbie was a perfect example. Pride from her mother. Pride from her sister. Pride from her mentor. Talk, she was beat up. She also did the right thing. She laid before the Lord and asked, how did I sin against you? Show me how I can be better for you. She didn't know she had it. She really didn't connect that she had it. The moment she gave it to him, then he started working her because now she was in agreement to the change. We actually have to be in agreement. We actually have to say, drop the glass, let it break. But every time, if you're feeling tormented, then that means you have a glass that's coming down on your spirit. Because why? Sitting on the top here is Satan's prophet with a thought of coal. This is like a pan sitting on top, holding down what God is trying to advance you in. Is everybody getting this? Okay. Judges 621. It says, and the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand. And he touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And the fire rose out from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. 
Isn't that powerful? The Lord was showing me that his fire, nobody can create his fire. He comes down and consumes it. He comes down and consumes the moment. He chooses a time. He chooses a date. He chooses a moment. It's not he comes and does that to us. Strange fire is when somebody else is making it happen. And you know what? Strange fire is a big loaf of white, fresh, fluffy bread. Somebody who's doing it from their pride. Even Jesus said his disciples, they were ministering to people, to his, the brothers of thunder, James and John. He came to them, they came and said, hey, they're not listening to you, Jesus. Let's call down fire. <laughs> Let's call down fire. You know what I mean? And Jesus went, oh, okay, guys. Do you know what I mean? From what spirit are you calling that from? Fire can come in both ways. Fire can come from the second heaven. Fire can come from the third heaven. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes we get stuck in the fire of the second heaven, which is the stuff that's the wrong. We are connected with the wrong priest. If we are sticking in the second heaven, we're connected with the wrong priest. He brings a strange fire. The priest in the Old Testament, they brought their own fire when they were supposed to take the fire from another, from the, the fire that was always burning in the temple. Instead, they lit it with their own fire, right? Okay, how many times have we got excited about something and we did it even though it didn't connect with the inner fire? Okay, I remember when the Lord taught me the difference between an impelling force and a compelling force. Compelling comes from the outside in. An impelling force comes from the inside out. So that means everything that we step in, well, God's going to show us things. If we're spending time with God... He will show you things before they happen so that when you're walking it out, you get that sign. Okay, you know God's in it. You may not know what you have to do yet, but then you have to submit the next step to him. You have to, and then if you keep following it through and it comes to that, fire comes down. I mean, I remember my first experience. It's when, it's when the Lord, he told me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clear your debt. I meditated on scriptures about debt. He said, I'm going to take you to zero in debt. You're going to owe no debt. And I went through the whole, every step I had to depend on him every day. And the first thing he asked me to do was to do something that seemed completely impossible. By the world's eyes, it was dumb. I love it. Carrie even told me, Lee, I could have never done that when he met me and he saw that situation. I could have never done that. I don't know why I did it. A faith clicked in. And I started doing everything every day that he told me to do to accomplish that one goal. Do you know whatever you want to accomplish, all you have to do is tell it to him. All you do is tell him what you want. Tell him what the situation is. Find the word. Meditate on that word. Start worshiping. He shows you things. Whatever your heart cares about, he cares. It says in Romans 8, 5, he tells us, where is your heart? You know what? When I pray for this ministry, guess what I start seeing? Things that happen in the ministry. Because I care about the ministry. I care so much about the ministry. I call up my husband. And so every time Jesus and I, I pray about the ministry. I pray about a concern. He doesn't show me everything, but he'll show me something about something I care about. But then he asked me to trust it. Now believe it. You know what? Before Debbie ever had her experience, the Lord showed me Debbie was entering into a new level. I had a, it was a strong dream out of worship. And Debbie went from her office into this. She went upstairs in this other office and she was being elevated. I was so excited. I said, Debbie, you're here to get elevated. And she's like, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I had to keep reminding her because I prayed for her. When you pray for someone, God's going to help you pray for that person. He might show you something if you're assigned to it. If you're not assigned to it, don't worry about it. Does that make sense? Know your assignment. He gives it to you. It says in Romans, oh, Romans 8, 5. 
He tries to tell us what type of heart do we have. This is what I loved about Gideon. Gideon had a heart of a coward. He turned into a heart of a mighty man of valor. He actually pressed in, switched out the old altar of thinking, brought in the new altar, honoring God. And then he even tells God, he tells God, wait right here. I need to go get my sacrifice. Let me come back and bring you the burnt offering. Do you know he told that to God? And you know what God said? I'll wait right here. I'm going to wait right here for you. God says every day to us, I am waiting right here for you. I am right here. I am waiting for you right here. Isn't that powerful? And so we come to him with whatever's on our heart right here. Come on. How many people have prayed about things? And then either a prophet spoke, somebody spoke through Jean, Zinni had a word of knowledge. Rachel's been on my heart. She has been on my heart. Why has she been on my heart? Because I really just want her to get through this next change in her life. So what's happening? You know, I'm putting things towards Rachel. I love it. Zinni didn't know what she was saying. She just knew what God was telling her. Somebody's going to have a God experience in a car. Rachel got burnt up. She was like a little crispy critter in her car. She couldn't take it. She had to stop driving. <laughs> Praise God. Because that means somewhere in Rachel's heart, she's trying to figure it out. So that, that was good for me because somewhere in Rachel's heart, she's seeking God. I don't necessarily have to always see what she's doing, but she had to be seeking something because God hit her in the car. Anytime God hits you, he's trying to reveal himself to you. He's trying to show his love. He's trying to refine us. We take it like, we can't take it like punishment. If it's love, love does not what? Punish, but it's going to discipline. The first house rule in this building is what? Discipline. What are you being disciplined? To read the word, to worship. Even Romans 8, 5 says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. We don't want to hold onto the coals, the thoughts that are not God. He says, my thoughts are not our thoughts. We have to be open to that. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Next verse, go to six. For to be cardinally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. We have to get our minds recognizing everybody has a pan. Jesus is the whole, he's the handler of our plan. He has a five-fold ministry he's developing. His remnant is the handle. And that when it's time for people to get out of the dispensation of just working the Holy Spirit gifts, and they really want to be changed for God, to know their call by God, well, it's time to light the pilot that's already lit, but now it's time to stir the coals of the soul. And it start. Jesus goes like this when it's time. And your coals start what? Moving. And the ones that are of God will continue to burn with a beautiful aroma, a scent of him. And the ones that are not are going to go to ashes and they're going to die down. But how do you know? Because he comes with the consuming fire either way. He comes to meet that coal, that point. Whatever's trying to snuff out your inner spirit, he's going to come down and meet it and dissipate it, consume it. And you're going to feel better and you don't know why. How many times have we been hit by the fire and you just felt so better that you didn't know why? You didn't know why? Because something of shame has been removed. Something of rejection has been removed. God uses each and every one of us in an individually unique way to help God uses us to help bring the fight, to fan the wind from the treasury, to help for a move for somebody to experience the fire. 
I can't call the fire on someone's life. Somebody's got to be seeking him for it to start. I knew my life didn't change. I had to call out to him. I didn't know why I was even calling out until I started what? Experiencing the changes one step at a time. All right, this is awesome. Isn't this cool? I love it. So when we look at our sacrifice of obedience, whatever God asks us to do, what are we putting in our pan? Well, the coals are already there. What deed are we doing in love? What are we putting in the pan? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What music are you listening? What, what things are you doing that God's trying to change that you keep adding in your pan like the bad priests, right? The bad priests put the wrong things in the pan. They use the wrong fire. They use the wrong incense. They use, if they did it wrong, I'm telling you, they were consumed. God showed it to us in the New Testament. He said, I love this. He called the whole body to come together in Acts, right? To receive the Holy Spirit. He said he came down and he touched their tongues like what? Fire. What was so awesome about that is they all heard the same thing. That means they all became in unity of the body. Man, think about this. If we come up here and just let God just keep burning us up, keep burning us up, keep being open to wanting the, the fire to pour upon us, he's moving it out so we can all do what? That is the revival that's going to happen in this place. After we get used to getting, this, getting all this stuff cleared up, do you know there's a sound that we're all going to know that's going to be one and we're all going to get it and the explosion happens in this place? And it's because the fire of love, it is, the rhythms are going right now. The rhythms are going right now. It's going to come, but it has to be from a unified body. This place is a little remnant getting unified so that we can go out and do what? Take it out into the marketplace. But we're going to, I saw a picture of all of us lined up like this, and we're so unified that people get near, people start walking near and they already start feeling the fire and all those thoughts, they don't even have to think about it. Those thoughts become dissipated. They don't even have to, because, because there's a unity of the body that's already come together. I think it's awesome. Whoever came up tonight, you know what I mean? This is good because you want to pray for the Lord to reveal to you his fire. Reveal to me your fire. Let me have that. What do you want me to work on? What are you asking? It's, you have to diligently seek him in this. You know what? Okay. Praise the Lord. Gideon was awesome because he listened to the instruction of the Lord. He broke the glass. And when he broke the glass, he opened up a new way. And they defeated all those enemies before everything else. So praise God. I know that I, I haven't even gotten through hardly any of this. But I mean, what I'm trying to get across the most tonight is that when our spirit is stirred up, and you allow your thoughts to be consumed by the word, okay, then the love of the Father can come down. He can consume that purifying us so we can be a strong body. All right? So I want everybody to think about, what is it that God has asked me to do? Whether it's in a marriage, we have to go beyond ourselves. That's the true offering. How much are we laying our life down for something greater? Carrie already mentioned it. What did he say? He gave out of his lack. Okay? So our lack is our debt that we owe, something that he's working out of us. And so it's important for us to recognize that God wants to meet us 
Wherever our flame is, he wants to meet us, but he's going to ask us to work with him through the soul. So think about what are you listening? What, what time are you spending with God? Because he says you have to do it morning and night. We have to worship him. All right. I don't think I got this lesson out really great, to be honest with you, because there's just so much that, no, I mean, I, I have to tell you, if you read all this, it's, it, you know, it, I have to tell you, you know why this is hard? I was nervous teaching tonight because this is so good that I, I feel like it's the most major message for the body of Christ is understanding that we've lived in places where there's been strange fire. Hey, I came from a place where it's completely dead fire. I mean, I didn't even know you had a Holy Spirit. So we were dead out. And when the Lord kept showing me, he kept showing me, Lee, he said, Lee, when we listen and we come in and we go down, you every year you grow up in a new elevation. You're growing up a new elevation. You are building an eternal house to me that I can keep coming down through you to speak out what the people need, to bring that fire even when I'm not in here. It's a, it, I have to tell you something. The strongest classes that I have in here are during the weekday. Man, at Debbie, even when Debbie, when they gave the car away that day, everybody was crying in here. And I don't even know what I was saying. Debbie was crying. Carrie was crying. Chris was crying because it was something new for them. Something, it's a new level of understanding. We kind of, when we come together here, we're already worshiping, we're pressing in. But come on, how many people feel themselves burn up outside this door? And you hear God telling you what to say, what to do. That's where, when we really lay our lives down and say, okay, I want the continual fire. The continual fire is the one who stays up in the third heaven and can continually see and do exactly what God is telling them to do. And some of the stuff is really just outrageous, to be honest with you. I mean, the, I, the, the things that the Lord has asked me to do, in my old self, I, I, would, I would not do those things. But what he has asked me to do is that's the understanding, that's the continual flow. He wants, to, I, he wants to give us all the desires of our heart without sorrow. The fire won't come down until you're ready to have it without what? Sorrow. That means you've passed that final exam and that you know the difference between living for yourself and then living for him. And there isn't anything that he doesn't want to supply to you. I do want to read this one thing about what the Lord, okay, this was just, okay. I just, I'm just going to read this page because this is, what, this is one of the things I kind of got this morning. I mean, it's really cool. We are the new Jerusalem. He wants to bring heaven on earth through the heavenly Jerusalem, which is from, which is based out of our revelation of the truth. It is already received. The wisdom already came. So it's already received. It's already in the earth. It's already planted. We're helping that revelation. Do we know it? We are born and changed out of the birthing of heaven. We've actually got to ascend up to come down. Do you know what in burnt offering, if you look up in the, in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it says that burnt offering means ascend. It means to ascend. Well, the new Jerusalem, I, okay, those whose names are in the book of life, you are already called to hit this. I'm telling you, there is an appointed time to bring in the harvest of souls that need to come in before the next move. We are in the midst of an accelerated movement, a point of pressure. That's what the Lord said to me this morning, a point of pressure, preparation for the bonfire of love. We will move in the purity of power, not the strange fire. 
or the fire. We will explode in the purity of power. How do you keep the fire burning? Man, we just got to stay connected to the vine. We have to keep our heart consumed in his love. But he was showing me the pressure points. I endured your graft. It was the pressure points, and it was just how the graft moves up and down and how it levels in the glory. It is so, it is really awesome. I know it's so deep that I know I didn't teach this really great tonight, but I hope that you all connected something about it. I'm not feeling the, normally I get my high when I teach. There's, yeah, I mean, there's so many pages of this. I haven't even hit the depth. I just wanted to get the overall picture and wanted everybody to kind of see how all this works. It's all in the word and he never changes it. When I, he shows me something, I try to find the flaw. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or I try to find how it's backed up in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But it is awesome. He did say, even Paul knew not to go into something that wasn't his time. We are in a different, and it's a, it's, a, it's a point of pressure he showed me. Right now, everybody's being so expanded because that point is just about to be touched. And that's why God wants us to get things buried. Now, you want to read something on your own? Read Jeremiah chapter 19. You know what happens if you don't crack your glass? That's not good. If you don't crack your glass, God gives everybody a time to shatter what they need to have shattered so that the flame, the treasure, the wind can come up. You got to, you got to, in fact, I thought it'd be cool if we all got glasses and just threw them. Hey, come on. In the movies, the black and whites, they'd throw the glass in the fireplace, right? Dramatic. Didn't you like that, right? That was dramatic, right? So throw the glass in the fireplace. Come on, right? In the old movies? Who connected with that? Okay. Do you know what I mean? They throw the glass in the fire and they shatter it. And then once they shatter it, the truth is revealed. And see, with us, the treasure is the spirit that's within us that wants to come up and meet the fire of God so we can be consumed. And then we feel different. We, we, I mean, it's amazing how those thoughts never come back. It's so beautiful. I'm in love. I am. I, I, I am totally in love with the word of God because I can't. I, I, when I read 19, it made me fear that if people don't get it buried, he then moves you outside of the gate of Jerusalem. We're supposed to be the new Jerusalem. Get this. If we're in the new Jerusalem, which is here, this is place. New Jerusalem is being cultivated here. All right. While we're in here, you're safe. That means if you bury it, deal with it here. I don't care how you look, what happens, you are safe. Lord showed me that. I didn't get that when he made me draw a line and write under it safe. I was safe if I stayed in my destiny. But if you don't bury it, he actually has to move you outside of the walls of Jerusalem. And he puts you in a place of broken pots where he puts you in a circumstance that now the world will go, is going to break your glass. I'm serious. I'm, you read Jeremiah 19, and that came to me, and the Lord said if they don't break there, if they don't bury it now, in the safety of their home here. Then he says, if you don't break it, you become that hard stiff-necked, okay? Then he actually pushes it out, and he's going to let the... Now, guess what? Guess what the best part about that is? He's still going to get his way. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to be changed, but would you rather have it done in here, or would you rather have your glass taken outside? And it's called, it's called the burial place outside the potter's gate of old Jerusalem. Or would you rather have your glass thrown out there to be cracked? 
No, I don't want you to think about that. I think I'd rather have be broken in here. <laughs> Let me break the glass in here. Every year, there is a time, a point of time for the fire to pour down. There is a time for it to come. It's appointed. He gives us all this time to break our glass so that the light can come out. Then we enter that rest. There are people in here already in their rest. Praise God. I'm so excited for the ones that are already in their rest. They're in the rest waiting for their next level of inheritance, which has to do with the eternal glory that God is building up for you. And he takes care of you down here at the same time. Isn't that beautiful? We built a house up in heaven every elevation we go. Every elevation. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't finished. I'm going to go back to that, Debbie, because I just saw that when I opened my Bible, about what are those levels of faith? What are those things that God asked those, those heroes for us to go back and study? What did they have to accomplish? I, the first thing is going into, you know, you went to a different land. Sometimes you have to know when you're in your destiny. So that's why people who've been called in here, if they've left, they've missed an opportunity to be raised up in a quiet place where everybody gets it. Most people in here get it. That's why we have awesome soul shifters to take care of the what? The coals. <laughs> it's in the Bible. I have the verses written down on all the coals. It is so cool. They place the coals in the pan. All I kept on seeing was Jesus going like this. I was seeing Chris. Yep, I'm working up that stake, right? He's trying to work that up. But it is awesome. So I praise the Lord. And I thank you all for coming tonight because there is more to this. And I, I'm probably going to keep teaching on little elements. But I just needed to kind of give you the overview. So let's give the Lord a good hand clap. Of I didn't go through half the verses. I didn't go through half the. Oh, okay. Now we're this is good. Please put up the first one I gave you. I just love my child. God gave me the most awesome blessing through Rachel and watching her grow through this. I'm studying on fire for the past eight weeks, right? Fire, 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 fire. Well, then um, Rachel has an experience of fire in her car going to Cordell. Rachel knows her life is changing. She doesn't know how. She doesn't know what. She really does know. And if anybody knows, the thing that really pushes her away is feeling not a part of the ministry because she kind of looks at that as something that's pushed her away, you know. But this girl can tell me something, and she can tell, and she is pretty much 98% right. Before I got my car, I got my car in December. In September, Rachel told me, Mom, you're getting a new car, and it's a Mercedes. I just laughed. I said, I receive, <laughs> but I didn't believe her. I didn't completely believe her, but when Rachel says some things, I write them down. I don't tell anything about my life to Rachel. I let her talk to me because she is a pure young lady. She does want the truth of things. And then I watch the, 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 the glass try to smother her. Do you know what I mean? Because she's got to still break through her realms. Well, she's dating this guy. And um, I, a lot of things are happening to his family right now. And their house burnt down. And I thought it was cool because when we come to the altar of incense, God wants us, the showbread table is how much are you reading that word? And you know what? When God comes down and consumes that word from within you, you know, you don't ever have to look up that word again. You know that word, you become the bread, you are the flatbread. You become that bread that services up to him and he consumes it. Well, their house, Rachel texts me in the middle of the day and I'm just kind of enjoying going through all this. This house burnt down. This is a massive house, massive house, burnt down. And she sends me this picture. 
because Rachel went to go see the house for the first time, and there is the Bible. That is the Bible. And, and you should see, there is nothing on this foundation. But that Bible is in the center. It was in a place where Rachel couldn't go touch it. She told me she had to expand the picture. But guess what's most interesting? Is this newspaper here? This one end is not burned, and it has a word. I don't know this word, and then it has life. I thought that was so cool. I said, Rachel, find out what that other word is. She goes, Mom, I can't go get it. I said, they need to go get it. Because God sent it. She goes, Mom, that's the only thing that survived the fire. Right, go to the next picture. I haven't seen this as one. I guess she, I told Rachel that they need to go get that out of the fire. I texted her. They need to get it because you know what? Oh, I told her, what is the chapter? I asked her for the chapter. And it looks like it's Zechariah. That's awesome. I love Rachel for doing that. Isn't that amazing? Look at that house. But yet the Bible was not burned. Look how it was around the pages. I told them, I said to, uh, I said to Rachel, I just was like, oh my gosh, do you know God's love is a consuming fire and he wants to show us things and he wants to make a statement to us. And you know, that word can't burn up because they haven't become that word yet. That's what the Lord said. I said, Rachel, you better, you could, she goes, it's an unsafe place. We can't get it. I said, well, I hope before they demolition it, somebody goes and picks up and sees what, what was not burnt of that Bible. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll make a very loud message. And I thought it was, oh, that's what the house looked like before. And now completely gone. And so, and they built it themselves and stuff like that. But I really thought it was awesome how Rachel was on the flow with me today with fire. But yet his word, if we don't fluff it up and create it what we want to be and make it false fire, there's a fire that that word, really, we become that word. And when we become that word, the fire of God pours down on us. And meets us right where we're at. And you'll always be that word. You will always be that word. So I said to Rachel, I guess they haven't become that word yet. Because it did not burn up completely in fire. Now, isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? Rachel said, what do you think about when they're half? I said, congrats. That's awesome. And she goes, mom, why do you say that? I said, because God's trying to reach them. God, that's a very powerful family. They own this big oil company in Cordell. They have so much money. They, he's been the mayor of the town. He owns 20 houses nobody lives in, and he has a car for each house. And he keeps buying new cars, new cars. I was like, God is speaking. It didn't, to be honest with you, it didn't hurt them that their house burnt down. It hurt them here. It didn't hurt them financially. But can you imagine what God's trying to speak to them here? It's time for them to allow the treasury of the wind to come into their lives and to learn the truth of what their calling is to do in the body of Christ. And I think that's one of the reasons why Rachel has been placed with Dating Will, is to be a connector to that, for that family. Because that family could take care of a lot of families in that, in that town. And his, I mean, it's, it is really awesome. But I thought it was cool when she showed me that. Isn't that awesome? How the only thing that didn't burn was the Bible and that one newspaper. But I'd love to know what the other word was, because I thought it was interesting that the word was life. Because the Bible is what? Life. It is our life. There comes a point where you don't even have to open the Bible. You become the Bible. We're supposed to become the what? The word. Boy, talk about when we get near somebody, we're like a fire. When we get near the person who doesn't have the word, they don't know why they're feeling all wiggly. You know what I mean? Because they're starting, this is starting to generate. Do you know what I mean? And then these start to shake. Do you know what I mean? And the exchange is on. So praise God. All right. All right.
I'm sorry if this was long. All right, let's pray. Let's everybody stand to their feet. It'd be awesome. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you with all our heart, our soul, and our body. Lord God, we just I just thank you for the order of your word. I thank you for the living sacrifice of your son when he came to this earth to open up the understanding and giving us his wisdom. Lord, I thank you for the growth of all of us in this ministry. And I ask for our ears to be open to know if we're hearing like a sheep or if we're hearing like a goat. Lord, open our understanding to know your truth and to seek what is that one thing that you're really calling for me in this season so that I can, that I can hit it, hit the mark, and know that I'm going to advance with your kingdom in this time, in this dispensation. So, Lord, I thank you for everybody who attends here. I thank you, Lord, for all the children that are growing in this ministry. And I thank you for the fire, the fire that you're going to pour on to all the people as they withstand and make it through this burial season. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.